Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen. Make sure you do it uh, also on X, because I keep saying Twitter, and I know it's X, and I'm still going to call it Twitter, but, you know, that thing. And uh, make sure you read the scoring criteria, because we're going to talk about it today, and some of the changes we like about it. We, we, we just might talk a little bit about the criteria today. I, just a, a hair, maybe even a little bit more than normal. Um, and we've got the perfect guest to be doing that with. And it is none other than the pod god, Sean Sheen. Sean, thank you so much for joining us once again. Hello, guys. Thank, thank you very much for having me. It's, it's almost like two religions joining each other here today for, <laughs> for, for this one. The religions of... Uh, of uh, judging criteria that people will never ever listen to but we continue to do it anyway so you know it's it's, it's great to be joining you <laughs> not every not every religion has to be the most popular you know not okay. not everyone's you know christianity and and islam we you know we got our weird little niches too and that's where we fall in right in, indeed uh <laughs> I, I i was trying to make like a sal de Amato scientology joke there a, a salentology let's call it that salentology <laughs> that's our religion here yeah, that, that would be the religion that everybody just makes fun of on social media because nobody yeah. can stop, which is, is I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But like, come on, South does a good job. Anyway, um, we are joining forces today to talk about something that we've been wanting to do for a while. You know, we put it out there on social media a while back. And Sean, you you had expressed interest in being a part of that conversation. We want to talk about ways that we can actually improve or modify or you know tweak whatever whatever it is for uh the mma scoring criteria the way it is written we you know we have this document people complain about judging i think dan and i especially and i can't speak for you sean maybe it's the same but i i i find if you have trouble with the way things are judged you really need to start looking at the words in the document in the criteria and say, well, what is it here that's missing that can maybe be improved upon to make judging either better understood or more clear, not just to the people watching, but maybe even to judges who interact with the criteria in, in a less frequent way than, uh, say, the, the Sal D'Amato's of the world, the uh, the Ben Cartledge's of the world, this and that, you know, um, that that is what we're here to do today. I I'm excited for this nerdy, nerdy, nerdy talk. I hope Dan, you are. I hope Sean, you are. I hope, I hope you, you brought your big guns in here and how we're going to, how we're going to maybe make this uh, a different, better world. Right. Um, we're just a couple of humble people. We're not going to solve everything, but we'll have some conversation. We'll have some fun. Right. For sure. I'm ready. Hopefully. Or <laughs> 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 people listen to this and be like, these idiots, they're talking about judging me. <laughs> Well, that's the hopefully the audience does you know i feel like my audience obviously your audience as well is an audience that wants this type of content and yes. you know hopefully we can uh you know we can make some inroads and, and maybe uh, throw a few good ideas out there maybe mike mazuli might be listening or andy foster or something like that and we might we might see a bit of change even but uh the you know the hope is that at least we kind of get it out there and get people talking about maybe the right things you know we're, we're always talking about the wrong things and usually it's like Let's throw seven judges cage side or let's put them in a soundproof booth so that they, you know, they can't smell, see, taste or hear whatever's going on in the arena. Um, but they need to be able to know what's going on in the fight. It's like, well, come on, let's we're going to come up with ways to actually tweak the wording of the criteria that the judges use in ways that hopefully 
could improve it. And of course, it's just suggestions. But, you know, we might as well dive into, I think, the nitty gritty here. And actually, before we do that, I should point out, we are not going to be talking about open scoring in any way. This is just, it's not that conversation. Open scoring is not something that would go into the MMA scoring criteria as is anyway. That would be a very different thing and a different place for that, right? That would go into the rules and whatever. Um, and really, it's we've never seen it as a judging fix. We've always seen it as more of a, a fighter tool. So I think we leave it out of there. Um, to, to, as much as I know Sean is, is anxious to talk about open scoring all the time. Next. <laughs> 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 yeah, 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 we're moving away from that. We will lead off with, I think, something that doesn't have to be controversial. I think we could just really talk about it earnestly, right? Is where is the criteria as written weak? Where is it weaker? Where is it not its strongest? Where can we improve upon it? Where do we need to start looking? And, uh, you know, Dan, I think I want to lead with you if you have any ideas first. I think it's weakest uh, in terms of effective grappling. I think that can definitely be improved. I think we got to define effective grappling better and define grappling damage. That needs to be the uh, the most important in my eyes here. I think there's a devaluing of grappling, almost as somewhat see, comes off as an overcorrection a bit from the days when you know you just get on top, you get that takedown, and you win the round. And I kind of think it got overcorrected to the other way, where it's like now they write in the criteria takedowns are just a mere change of position. It's just, it's a start of a uh, start of an, an attack. And I, it's I absolutely yeah, it's absolutely more great, more vague than really it ought to be. I think as written that, you know, obviously, as we know, uh, and we've discussed on the show before and we've heard from officials before that the the criteria is left to a certain point vague uh, open, I guess is probably the better word for it, because there are just so many permutations of things that can happen in a fight. Right. But I do think that based on the fact that especially Dan and I have taken the ABC course to, uh, Sean, have you taken any courses or anything like that with with any of the officials overseas? I I, I haven't, uh, not officially. So what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I've taken the uh, uh, I, I well maybe I shouldn't say it. I've I've taken the years and years and years of daily texts, uh, being told why are you saying that in the podcast? That's not right. This is how you do it. And getting nine minute long voice notes seven times a day type of thing. So that, 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 that was my, uh, I, I think that's maybe slightly better than the one hour course that the, the uh, UFC officials and things did. But yeah, no, I haven't taken an, an official one yet. Actually, Mark Goddard did one once, but I think I was away. So hopefully, uh, if he comes back and does it again, I'd be able to do that. But no, I haven't officially done it yet. No, sure, sure. And, and I'm teasing you, of course, Sean. But uh, the, the one thing that we kind of took away from that ABC course that was, you know, it was led by uh, Kevin McDonald. Uh, Sal D'Amato was also a participant, and some were other judges as well, kind of who were on hand, also let some of their expertise as well. But we did come away with some understandings from the way that they would judge grappling that aren't really as expressed in the criteria as written, but they're kind of meant to, I guess, be taught. But that seems like a silly thing. Like, why not just try to find ways to put it into the document? That's where I felt was was a, a bit of a deficiency, especially when it comes to grappling. To, to finish my thought before I, I got distracted because the computer went a little wacky. Uh, they say a successful takedown isn't just a mere changing of position, but I do think it's a very difficult task. I think it's 100% an offensive uh, attack. And I think it should be scored regardless to what it leads to. If it leads to nothing beyond that, so what? I mean, it, it's still a successful offensive attack uh, of one fighter imposing their will. Once the takedown's established, now you can start a separate scoring segment 
I don't think they have to be lumped in together where the, t- the takedown is considered a successful attack only if. And I, and I kind of disagree with that. Anybody can ball up a, 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 their hand and throw a fist. 100% of people in this in the world can throw a fist and land a punch, luckily. That is not true about shooting a double leg. And I think it should be more respected. Sean, you have any, uh, any thoughts on that? I wouldn't totally disagree. I just would love to know how that would be worded. And I think, you know... Listen to you guys talk often, and that's the biggest area of contention I think you have. And you know, listen to John Anik, I think has had a similar thing. Um, and I, I if you were to put the, the overall thing, is non effective grappling is grappling underscored, maybe you are undervalued, not to let's not say underscored, undervalued in the current criteria. I would probably say yes. Now, it, the argument is, should it be that way, or should we change it? I'm probably on the, we should probably change it a little bit thing, but the I think the wider point here, and maybe the wider point of this whole discussion is the writing of the criteria. And if we are to write everything into the criteria that the judges understand or that can explain to you after a Saturday Night Fight Night, we would have not a three or four page document, we would probably have a three or 400 page document. Um, and to have brevity in that is, is an unwinnable task it's not something we can do i would nearly and maybe I, I'm, I'm giving away my, my fixes for the criteria here but i would nearly even make it shorter to be honest and make it easier make it more bullet pointy um but you made the point there and i think it was an interesting one and and uh, or maybe didn't necessarily make the point but you were kind of going towards that when you listen to the people in the abc um uh uh, what would you call it? The the the, the talk or the uh, you know the, uh, the Mark Goddard's course or the Kevin McDonald's course. They explain to you, and I guarantee you, Mark Goddard probably said the same thing that Kevin McDonald would say, that Ben Cartledge would say, that Sal D'Amato would say. And even if that's not written, it feels like all the judges are on the same page. Now it might be page one hundred ninety-seven, uh, but they do all seem to be on the same page. And I think that part. Is honestly the most important part, the fact that they're all on the same page and maybe we need um, an ongoing um, explanation of the criteria rather than one thing we can kind of continually go back to like we have at the moment. I, I kind of like the idea of, of almost a living document you some, you're sort of describing here. That's a very hard thing, obviously, when we're, we're talking about a, a document that everybody more or less has to approve, right? That that's that's the tricky part is bureaucracy. That's where it comes into play. And and you know, I, my understanding is that the Rules and Regs Committee is constantly at least talking about a lot of the stuff that we even talk about, but they can't get it to the point or haven't gotten to to the point in several years to make any sort of changes that everyone can kind of get behind. And that is more the issue. Um, so bureaucracy and, and a lack of unanimity, I guess, sounds like split decisions, right? Uh, more or less. I think one of the things that that is at least the least clear when it comes to the grappling is really how much to what degree we're really trying to weigh submissions and that kind of thing. How how clearly are we supposed to factor in, especially when it comes to uh, when we're getting to eights, when we get into the D's and that kind of thing? How much are we supposed to weigh? actions that are put forth in the grappling department toward a submission you know we're supposed to look for the result right we're scoring the result we're not scoring the action um that is what they teach in the course too i feel like it's not necessarily as clear in the written language 
what it ought to be. And it really ought to be a little more clear in terms of that. It doesn't have to be spelled out for every single submission and every single point of it and that kind of thing. But I think we need to come up with a better way to understand how do we score damage from a submission? When are we supposed to? And, you know, and, and that kind of thing, because I've, I've talked to officials, you guys have talked to officials and you can get different answers from them on how you're supposed to treat a submission uh, and the different phases of it in terms of the scoring. And I think we need to probably get everyone on the same page a little more on that. And I think there's a way to do it in the writing. I Do I have that that I'm going to share with you on the show? No, because we're not going to do a boring document written show, you know, but we're, we're talking about these things, right? Well, any, any thoughts on that, either of you? To go by the, the document real quick, it says impact, which is damage, uh, also mm -hmm. be assessed when a fighter's actions using striking and or grappling lead to a dimish, diminishing of their opponent's energy. So grappling is a very taxing part of the sport. If you if, sure. if you sap a guy's energy because you just you just you know overwhelm him, that should count as damage, according I to the document. If... But you got to write it better, I think. I don't know. If you sap a guy's energy by circling around the cage and making him run after you, that's not damage, is it? You know, it's that's a very thin line, uh, and I think that's I I I think what we need to do is. Um, move that line a little bit because we, we just talked about there a minute ago and i think we'd probably all agree that grappling like that you know taking someone down and laying it off them is probably undervalued at the moment and was overvalued before but the thing about it is the effective grappling is probably a little bit overvalued in terms of let's say a rear naked choke and if someone really is going for it, they're being forced to defend a judge is going to score that pretty highly but that doesn't have that much of an effect right it's not like it, maybe it'll tire you know it, you could argue it could tire the person putting the rear naked ch uh, choke on more than the person defending it times we've seen that before um but we understand mma and we understand that is an offensive move so that therefore it's scored higher but it feels like sometimes a punch or a, you know, a kick or a strike that has more of an effect will actually get scored less than that because we we know MMA and we want MMA to be MMA and not to be kickboxing or boxing. So we overscore a little bit. So we underscore the start of the grappling maneuver, it feels like, and we overscore the end maybe a little bit, but maybe we don't overscore it. Maybe it should be scored like that. And I think that's a fair argument. And do you know what? I'd probably argue that way myself because we want it to be more like MMA. But like, I, I, I think, look, say if we look at a takedown, at the moment it's kind of the changing of position if it's a slam or if it's a big hard takedown obviously if it's, it's scored more if it causes an impact causes damage but if we looked at it let's say a takedown we look at it like you know two jabs or something like that we scored it a little bit more that it's not just oh, okay we need to go to the secondary criteria to score that if we did score it a little bit higher in it and it was part of let's say a fight that had very little effective striking or grappling it's one that has you know 10 jabs versus 10 jabs and we're deciding whose jabs are more effective we may be thrown in the takedowns a little bit more now this is this is ideas this is i'm not talking about how it is at the moment maybe that would be a, a better part or better way to do it again how do you how do you write that it's very 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 tough i think that is that is the real problem here is how do we come up with language that's going to do it i'm we're not going to solve it on this show necessarily but th that's that's really the crux of everything is how, how are we going to turn the way everyone kind of feels about certain things into words that make not just make sense and allow for you know a, a certain um flexibility 
in the way we score certain rounds, but also can pass through a commission and allow state regulators to say, yes, uh, we'll, we'll approve that kind of thing. It, it's, it's obviously the tricky part here. Um, I think we could probably go deeper into grappling, but we definitely do want to get to some other parts. We can, so we could circle back to grappling, but I was just curious if, if anybody had any thoughts on, uh, on something I'm going to bring up here, which is with regard to, you said, you mentioned the second criteria. I'm talking about the third criteria now, which is of course control cage control, ring control, area control, whatever. Um, I have a big problem with the fact that we use the word control at all in this case, because the way we're talking about control, when we watch a fight, when we engage with a fight, when we're told the action that's going on in a fight these days, control that the UFC constitutes as control is kind of different than the way it's actually written and utilized in the scoring criteria and i think that has, that in itself has led to a lot of confusion with the way you're supposed to score a fight i would love to see them revisit the word control and just i'm not saying they change the way control is defined but actually change the word that's associated with that definition i don't know how you guys feel about that i feel like getting well, rid of it completely <laughs> well well there's that but i agree i i, I think so. i mean I, I have that idea as well, but let's let's say for for argument's sake, they are uh, loath to get rid of secondary and tertiary, tertiary criteria. We're stuck with them. I feel like we need to do something a little different with that word, uh, just just to get it not associated anymore with you know just sitting on top of somebody and in their guard, which is what the UFC would constitute as control, and that is not control. It, 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 we're talking about sitting in someone's guard. That is a neutral position. It is a neutral position should not be that way yeah um there's a lot of a lot of defining for that because you'd have to define it but for what's what do you consider control for a stand-up fight and what do you consider control for a ground fight sure where are you sure. going so you got to you have to define both and i don't know if it would be that much if it would be very equal sean what do you think i think i think we need to roll back a little bit to what you said a minute ago like we need to get rid of the secondary and tertiary criteria right we, we just need <laughs> I'm to very okay with that <laughs> yeah i, I think the look I know we're looking for solutions. That's my number one solution. We've all said it now in the, in the last 30 seconds here. Get rid of them. But we don't need to throw the baby out with the batwater either, though. We can, the, the control part, you know, the effective aggression. We can put them in, like, it should be an addendum far away from the first part so people don't mix it up. I agree with you taking out the word control. And I, I think we almost need to have, like, an outlier section, right? So it's... um. A, no con, uh, 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 a decision that, uh, you know, someone gets poked in the eye or something in the last second of the third round and it goes to the cards and one of those things are, you know, with five seconds gone in the fifth round or whatever it might be, and we have to score that, you know, 10-10. That's where we need to look for octagon control. That's where we need to look for effective aggression because if no strike has been landed and you want to pick a winner, now maybe that's not fair, but if that's the way they want to do it, we need to put that in a place away from how we score 99.999% of rounds, right? Yeah. And I think that would also be a good place for the rounds that are scored with the secondary and tertiary criteria because I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever spoken to a judge who said, I went to the secondary and tertiary criteria on that one, but Never. I haven't. There's Never. a very famous fight that happened. I won't say the fight, right? But a very famous fight that happened in the last year <laughs> and <laughs> it was a, a known fight that zero fucking punches were landed. And I spoke to one of the judges that judged it, and he was like, "Oh, I nearly went to the secondary criteria. Nearly, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't go to the secondary criteria. It's the greatest example ever of a fight 
but you probably guess what final was. Um, that nothing happened in, and the judges still didn't go to the secondary criteria. We don't need it. We need to take it out. We need to take all confusion out. We need to stop like John Jones tweeting out, "Oh, I've read the criteria. It says octagon control is a way to win the round," because that happens so often. It's happened for years. You know, we saw Ari Hulwani today, and he showed saying, "I wonder what would happen if a fight." with no punches landed happen and there was just a few takedowns happen. I wonder who'd win that round. Is that a 10-10 round? So like the, the biggest people in the sport from the be- one of the best fighters ever to the one of the biggest journalists ever do not understand the basic writings of the criteria. So I think we need to even simplify it more to, to make it more evident, I think. I love the idea of, of taking, uh, making, absolutely taking it out there and then moving it to, let's say, incomplete rounds, right? I think that's where where you would probably refer to that, right, Sean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, we, I, I do think, like, well, that's another argument. Do we need it in incomplete rounds or should we just score them 10-10s? Like, I would be on the 10-10 side of that. But that's an, that's not a judging criteria argument, really. That's a kind of a, a rules of the sport argument, to be honest. So, um, But I would move it there. Let's say we're going to keep it the way we have it, where they do want to score it with the, you know, effective aggression if there's no punches landed or whatever, and effect, uh, effective control. Um, I would be happy to put it at the end of the criteria, away from the rest of it, so people don't really get confused. I th- I think uh, I think you're really onto something there. I would also add, and and you know, we're talking about something we like that would not necessarily necessitate this, I guess, or maybe it would. Um, the the idea of the ten ten. I think the way the ten ten and the ten seven are written in the criteria are written in such a way that does not. It completely understates how infrequently we're seeing them or they're as written intended to be used. It makes it sound like, you know, you can you can go to the 10-7, you know, it's not very often. But like when I say not very often, the way it applies in real life is that we have never, to my knowledge, and maybe maybe you know of one, Sean, but I don't think so. Um, I don't think we've ever had more than one judge give a 10-7 on a round. It's always been 8-8-7. I don't know any uh, any otherwise. Yeah, I believe that's correct. And like, I think the ten seven and the the ten ten are a little bit different, right? Because especially a couple of years ago, and we might talk more about ten eight in a while. But when the ten eight was the proper ten eight, I think ten sevens came more into play, and I think people would like to see ten sevens come more into play. But when a ten ten happens, unless it's an incomplete round, it's a mistake, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and we we saw one recently, didn't we? Uh, in, in France. Yeah. So and everyone saw that and it was like this judge has made a mistake. This was incorrect. So I, I also think like the ten ten part of the criteria could also be moved to the incomplete rounds part. It really could because like we're not we, you have enough devices for a judge if it's five minutes to use like if literally if literally the two fighters run around each other for five minutes, decide which one was slightly more controlling, and then you don't need the ten ten, right? So we. There is no case if someone falls on top of someone, they lay there for five minutes, give it to the person on top. That you know, just just do it. We do not need the 10 10s, but we do, you know, we might need them for the, the no contest, the incomplete round that goes 15 seconds, no problem. Put that in the addendum as well. But I I, I just think doing that might avoid confusion a little bit or take them out what's all altogether and say, 
you know, go to www.judgingcriteria.com forward slash the rest. And then there's like a 10,000 word document or something or a 10,000 page document or whatever for the rest. But yeah, I don't, uh, I just, I, simplifying it, I think it'd be better. Yeah, I, I would say you, you either you either get rid of the idea of the 1010 entirely or you get rid of the, the secondary and tertiary criteria. I, I, I feel like we're we're somewhere along the way there. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about this too, but um. The idea that there are a lot of things that maybe this is more to you, Dan. Uh, there are a lot of things that really just were outlined for when you're in the course that they teach to people who are taking the course to become judges that it's just not spelled out as cleanly as it really ought to be in the criterion language itself. Do you do you have any thoughts on that, Dan? Like, because we, we sat in the room together for it was basically the whole day. It doesn't take a whole day to go over three and a half pages. There was a lot in there that really, I think, could have been transferred over. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that sticks out using that example that, you know, that's that's pointed out to you that's not really written there is the imposing of, of one's will. If nothing mm -hmm. happens and one person gets a takedown with 10 seconds left, yeah, that last second takedown wins you the round. And then I asked the question. I said, what if 10 seconds left, nothing's happened? You pull guard. Who wins the round then? And they said the guard puller because you're the one imposing your will. Sure. So that that's one of the things that that's really I remember. And in position of will, I'm I'm sure there's a way that something like that can actually be written in there a little. Bit. Going back even kind of to the idea that Sean was talking about before about the uh, or that we I guess we were all talking about, but the idea of sapping one's energy, right? That, that it's such a weird thing because yeah, you can technically sap someone's energy by making them run around all day, and it, that's not. I don't love the language we are using for that. I think we need to find a way to um make it a little more clear what's meant by that you know maybe maybe it is um sapping their their i mean we've heard fighting spirit i don't know if that's like well, kind yeah, of what you, we're what we really mean there you know well that yeah that's that's wording also in there you diminish their fighting right. spirit but maybe we get to, to that instead of energy you know yeah i guess because i mean everyone's getting 10 aided then in heavyweight if it goes past five so also, also, it should never go past five minutes. They should. They, uh, Sean, how, how do you feel about my idea of one round heavyweight fights from now on? I think from middleweight up, it should be just. One <laughs> I'm okay with that too, actually. Actually, just get rid of the middleweight division and the light heavyweight. Just have uh, 185 to infinity is just the heavyweight division. I think. Why so it's not? like what 180, 180, or 171 plus, right? I agree. Yeah. That's, <laughs> once, once you get above fucking Leon Edwards, it's just you're a wear away. Like that. That's it. I, I can <laughs> understand the thinking there. Uh, of course, we're having fun here. But um, I, I would say, is there anything else that you guys kind of highlighted as uh, somewhere that's particularly weakly written in the criteria? Sean, did you have anything? Uh, you know, one part uh, just of this whole discussion, I think. We have to remember, right, that these three by five pages are written so that every conceivable thing that can happen will be held under these rules, this under this criteria. So there's like nothing on earth that can happen in a fight that hasn't been uh, thought about in these rules, right? So if you change something, and uh, you, let's say you, you, instead of uh, Instead of the way we have it now, uh, takedowns are scored more highly. They're scored as uh, effective grappling or just, you know, whatever you want to call it, say it. And so everyone just starts fighting like Marab. Just take down, let them up. Take down, let them up. Take down, let them up. Do we really want the sport going that way? You know, and we have to think about the overall sport as well when we're writing this criteria. And I think the adjustment to the criteria did have that in mind. And I think that's a good part of it. But 
and not I'm not necessarily saying what I the example I just gave would happen or will happen, but we have to think if it happens. And we have to think to to write the like the rules are written now so that the fight is going to get finished, right? The rules are written so the person who's trying to finish the fight is either going to finish the fight or win by decision. And that's that's probably the best way to do it, I think. So that's that is the, that is absolutely the best thing I think about the criteria and the way they did it is they focused specifically on trying to reward the fighter who was looking to end it. The the biggest area, just to, to answer your question, then that I completely avoided there a second ago. Uh, the biggest issue with the this, and this is something I've been thinking about an awful lot recently, and I saw Luke Thomas voice in it as well. The criteria is really, really good at telling you who could have won the round, but it's for very close fights, it's not really good at deciding who won them. But there, I, I have thought about this for years and years and years and spoke to literally the, the best minds in the game for years and years and years. And I don't know if there is another solution for it. And I honestly, I don't think there is. I, I haven't seen one come. The half point system's not going to do it. Open scoring's not going to do it. You know, counting up from one to 100 is not going to do it. Scoring the fight as a whole, as we've seen at one championship, is not going to do it either. So I think the biggest issue with it is one that we can't solve, <laughs> unfortunately. And that's just close fights. And close fights are close fights. Look, if you punch me in the face, I punch you in the face. Who punched who harder? That's impossible to, to decipher. You know? I did it, Sean. I yes. punched hard. Probably, probably. probably. <laughs> well, that's how everybody, fight, every fighter thinks. It's like, well, I punched hard. It's like that's the way I did it, and that's the uh, issue as well. You know, oh, I bet more on that guy, so he won. That's a big part of it too. Sure, sure. And, and, and I, 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 I like the the fact that you're highlighting that because that really is an issue that, like, it. I don't think we're ever going to truly iron out, no matter what numbers we kind of give, right? Because we're even if we go to nine and a half, right? It's like. There's gonna be a lot of nine and a half rounds that people are still gonna argue about. And if we if we do nine and a half and nine, it's like okay, um, some people are going to give a nine and some people are going to give a nine and a half the other way, and then now we're going crazy over that, right? So so I get that. I do think though, um, well, I, I you know, I'll save that actually. I'm gonna pocket that one for a little later because I think that's more of a long shot change in, in, in my mind. But we should talk about the 10 eights in general, right? Yeah, um, that's where before, I was gonna go. Before we move on, I'm glad you were, Dan. Yeah. Um, wh why don't you say what you're gonna say about well, the 10 eights actually? To, to kind of piggyback off sean i don't think it would it would fix a close fight i mean a lot of close fights we see are, are you know two rays are close and one clear and then the guy who won the two rays are close gets denied and everyone is up in arms because the other round was was pretty clear i think we got to get rid of the consideration as a word in the criteria oh yeah and any sort or of shout. like yeah uh, you know wishy-washiness i don't love you I, know it's can consider and all that i think we need to figure out a better way i like that Dan. once you you hit you hit two d's with damage being one of them, 10-8, that's it. And now you just have to, you just have to, you know, argue, did you have, did they, did you check damage off? Did you check another D with it? Instead of, well, I had two, but I don't think they were good enough to get, get there, blah, blah, blah. It was, so I just went nine. I think you hit two Ds with damage being one, it's a 10-8. You hit all three, you get a 10-7. We, we're at the point where, you know, we have sort of an unofficial way that things have especially been judged in California and Nevada, right? Uh, and I see Sean smiling and nodding because he knows. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and it drives, I mean, it drives us nuts. I'm sure it drives you nuts. Just the fact that we have on the books language that technically matches the way it is enforced in Nevada and California. They're not doing anything that is strictly wrong. It, it can all match the criteria because when you're looking to do a nine or excuse me an eight at this point in those two um in those two regions you're really looking for damage that's what that's what they're really truly looking for as one of the d's and 
as long as you do have that, but you don't have the other two, or or you say you have the other two, but you don't have damage, you can consider it. But we would prefer it if you didn't. And that's more or less what it is. So it, it's not strictly illegal. But I think we need to get to the point where we've actually got that on the books. If it's if it's been something that has been unofficial at this point for two and a half years, two and a half years ago was when Jan and, and Izzy fought. And it's ever been ever since that fight. That's when there's the point of demarcation. Everybody knows it. It's it's very clear. Um, we need to get that on the books now. It's it's well past time that everyone starts to get on the same page because you shouldn't be judging it differently in Nevada than if you are in in England. You know, it's it's a very long way, but we're all basically using the same document. It should be done the same way. I, I would 100% agree with that. Um, I think that's a very easy solution with the criteria, though. All you have to do is have it exactly as it is at the moment, but say damage is a necessity when scoring 10 hits, right? Sure. And for a while there, and I think still somewhat, it's not just damage. It is, and I, I know I was pulled up on saying the word overwhelming damage before because people sure. use that for the 10-7. I think I probably said that. <laughs> it was probably me. What's, what would be a better word for, maybe, I don't know, maybe, um, I don't know, just a lot of damage is needed. Let's just get that way. A, a, lar- a, large, a large amount of damage, a, a high, high level of damage, yeah. Yes, I think, I think we need to pull back on that a small bit. And I think we need to get back, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, I think you probably might, but two years ago, you mentioned the, the Izzy and, and Jan Blachowicz fight. If we got to the two years before that, and we're scoring rounds the way they were scored for that, two-year period or whatever it might have been, I think we would be way better. So, you know, we, you're asking for solutions. I don't know if we're to that part of it yet, but that's my solution. And it's it's the easiest solution ever. All I'm asking people to do is do what you did a couple of years ago. You did it perfectly. You did it really well. It went brilliantly. There was one hiccup that wasn't really even a hiccup. It was just some ball guy got mad and then everything changed. Right. I honestly and I truly believe this. I spoke to some judges about it last week. If Nevada, uh, Mike Mazzulli and California all came together and said in private that we're going to change it back to the way it was. They released the press, uh, they released a statement to the press, said that I believe there would not be one article written about it. Dana White wouldn't be asked about it. Nobody would give a shit because they wouldn't understand what's even happening. The three of us would and about six other people on planet Earth would, apart from the judges, and we'd go back and we'd have a way better uh, system. We'd have way better, more accurately scored fights. There'd be a way better, more well-defined 10-8. Then the 10-9 actually becomes way better, more well-defined. Do you know what? The 10-7 then becomes actually way better and more well-defined as well. And fights are scored so much better. It's it's a really easy fix and there's three people that can decide it nevada california and mike mazzuli the problem is i don't think they want to go roll back to 10 i think they like them the way they are i think they thought we were getting too many 10 and i think they were wrong i think it was perfect the way we had it and we need to go back and we can do it it's that's an easy fix i'm not looking for something wild i'm looking for something we already did and that's Oh God Almighty! I hope you agree with me that it make things so much better. I, no, I do nuts. like Terrible that. Idea. I think Scott <laughs> Scott would probably have the numbers right. They released that document this year. They want five percent of 
yeah, so it should was, be it was, it was at the uh, it was at the commission uh, the ABC conference that so. we were at. Dan, you left early because you, yeah. you just went for the courses, but I stayed for the whole conference. Um, and yeah, that was that was a document that was more or less, I think, meant to be like an internal kind of thing that they just displayed. I, that's how I kind of took it. But they didn't um, touch, Mark, touch Mark for Money was actually though, the first right? to share that for ESPN, but. But they're not even close to 5%, right? No, they're not. They're so, not. I think they hit almost 5%, but not quite in terms of rounds in which any judge gave an 8. That usually means roughly half of them had a majority 8. Okay. So we're if to get a round that has uh, at least 2 or 3 judges that scored an 8, we're really only talking about 2-ish percent of the time. And that's exceptionally low. It was more like a five before, like Sean said, and I was, of course, being facetious. I, I completely agree. I think we we had a good thing going. I still want a little more. I have some thoughts on that. But but honestly, I would take that. I thought they're, they're really, especially if you go by the data, 2020, before the whole Yana Nizzi thing happened, that whole year where we just had some of the brightest, uh, most experienced judges, sharpest eyes and sharpest uh tools in 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 the shed as far as judges and officials go they were all working most of these events and we didn't have better judging at any point ever on on record and i really would love to go back to that i think sean absolutely hit on the head i think we can do it as well if we're redefining it so like i i think everyone would agree probably even the commissions and all that we do need to redefine the 10as because it's just all over place at the moment while still staying within the criteria you know we, we i talked about earlier the criteria needing to uh explain every conceivable outcome and even if you can if you change those conceivable outcomes it still falls under which has happened over the last couple of years as much as they don't really want to kind of admit it but it, it has changed and you know um maybe maybe you maybe you do it you know maybe you sneak it in there and, and go oh we're just adjusting it here and we say you know Staying the exact same, but damage is needed. And then, like, we're going to talk about the overwhelming damage for the 10 sevens as well. We're going to leave that in there. But there's a difference between a lot of damage and overwhelming damage. And if there's a lot of damage, let's give our our uh, our 10 eights. So, but do you, I wonder, maybe even for you, Dana, just a question: Like, do you feel that taking ma- making damage a necessity for 10 eights actually takes away from grappling? And like maybe there should be if you want to bring grappling more into it and score grappling more heavily, maybe uh, you know five minutes on top without a lot of damage should be scored at ten eight. Well, I think it takes away from a possible ten seven from a grappling heavy round. Uh, the Bryce Mitchell Charles Rosa fight is like the prime example. Bryce destroyed him. Constant sub attacks. It's like if this was if he was throwing punches, I mean it's probably finished or ten seven instead of trying to attack a twister and arm triangles nonstop on the back the whole way. So I, I do think that's it would probably takes away from more ten sevens being achieved. I don't think it's I don't think it's achievable with strictly grappling. It is also very hard at present to get to a ten eight on a on a almost strictly grappling round at this point. You know, it, we we the judges are really looking for that damage to still be in there. And so if if they're not opening up with strikes, but they're going, you know, if they take the back and they're on the back for much of the round, they have a, even a even a body triangle which can can be absolutely sap the energy or the fighting spirit or the energy you know that it, it, it definitely diminishes somebody uh over time so we're we're really looking for something that i think needs to be addressed here and 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 make it achievable for grapplers to actually get aids well also there's there's not that many immediate impactful things in grappling 
that doesn't end a fight. It's like, yeah, I sunk in the choke and then you tapped out. That was immediately impactful. There's nothing... A lot of grappling is cumulative damage. And that, sure. that doesn't weigh as heavy as, as written. I mean, yeah, I think, and, and that's fair. I, I don't know, is it? I, I think a lot of... Uh, it's not immediately impactful on someone's body, but I think it's scored as immediately impactful when you're forcing someone to defend. Like, I, I don't know as... Like what? What would be cumulative? Uh, what would what grappling would be scored as a cumulative? Like I like just like laying on top of someone or taking someone down. I don't think that's necessarily scored as a cumulative. I, I like I think as I was saying before, I think that gap between like the front end and the, the you know the the top end, it, it's very kind of wishy washy and very kind of gray there. And even when when we maybe disagree with that or have a different thinking about it. That's not a great thing either, is it? You know, because I, I do like I do think if you're forcing someone to defend a rear naked choke over and over and over, the judges are scoring that the same way they would score a heavily immediately impactful, you know, strike or a few, you know, a, a combination of strikes, whatever that might be. If it's if it's in there, I, I would say if if the the sub is actually an attempt, a lot of times they're just they're just grabbing the gloves and that's they're holding on and then they're stuck. Now they can't even punch because the gloves are so bulky they can't get their hands out to do anything and that a lot of hand fighting there you know you bring up something that actually I, I didn't even mention but i'm glad you brought this up because one thing i would love to see addressed in the criteria somewhere is is almost like a, a devaluing for one fighter who is anti-fighting you know someone who is truly just doing things to try and stop the other fighter from doing anything while also not being able to do anything themselves i would like to see something like that actually be punished in the criteria so that should be it should make it much easier for a fighter to maybe get to an eight in that in that case because you know if a fighter is absolutely you know knocked senseless and they've been put on their back and and the fighter who knocked them you know knocked their head around is in mount but they're hugging them in such a way that just so happens they can't do anything but they're not getting up and not doing anything that could be enough that keeps the other fighter from getting to that eight that they might deserve. And that is ridiculous because well, it's anti-fighting. I think that should be the role of the referee. I think there, another role of the referee should be to keep the fight in a place where it's giving the judge something to score. And we need to, I think that's something that could be better well-defined as well. Because let, let's say there's a fight, right? And it is very close and it's just a standstill for the last 90 seconds. If the referee f asks them to move and then moves them himself, then we will see that round go from a uh, oh, nine nine either way to someone maybe landing a few strikes or getting a big takedown and getting a submission that wins them the round. I think I really, really, really think the referees need to help the judges more. And that and not and I'm not blaming the referees. I think that needs to be more well defined in the role of the referee from the commissions. Sure. No, I I can get behind that too. But I do think there is still room for us to try and put that in there somewhere. That like, look, if it is happening, if we're really seeing that, that's not something that should be rewarded. Because you'll you'll talk, we we all talk to officials, and we've heard some of them say, you know, did they earn the eight or did the other fighter earn the nine? It's like, how could a fighter get a nine for fighting that way? That's anti-fighting, and I and I don't think that should be rewarded. I, so I'd love to see that defined. I especially in guard when a when someone gets taken down who doesn't want to be down, and they just lock them up in their guard and they hug them and they start looking at the ref for, hey, you gonna stand us up to do something? I think it should be a timidity foul. You lose just, a point. There's, there's would... a, an important point as well we need to make in this, right? Because people are probably listening to this and saying, oh, you're anti-grappling, you know. We, you'd never say that about a fight in the feet, right? If if there's 90 seconds of no one throwing a punch on the feet, then 
put him on the fucking ground. No, I've no problem. With it. <laughs> no problem. With it. It's and people need to realize that as well. There's very very it it's it never happens that there's that long with nothing happening on the feet. It's you know it's just it's just one of those things. There can be ninety seconds of nothing happening on the ground, like literally nothing happening, and they're just allowed to stand there. Imagine, imagine, stand there, pause the podcast for ninety seconds, and stand there like this, and see how long fucking ninety seconds is, you know? <laughs> and that, it's just never going to happen. So it's not that it's anti grappling. It's just it happens in the grappling realm. Realm. If, if it happened in the striking realm, we change the rules tomorrow. Because it'd be the most unwatchable sport on planet Earth. You're probably onto something there. I think we should start moving a little closer to some of the ideas we have as far as uh, realistic solutions. Let's let's focus on things that we really do think can absolutely get done in a room, even in the next year or so. Do you? Why don't you start, Dan? Do you have any ideas that like real? I mean, we've covered a little little bit in in sort yeah, of the way I... we've talked about this, but. I think we, I do think we covered with the eights, especially. I think that's the easiest fix. We can just throw in what what we want to happen. With the, with if you if you're gonna score it, the damage is needed. Just put it in there, and that's there you go. It would be as simple as that. Absolutely, I agree. Sean, you got anything? That's mine as well. Very <laughs> easy. Damage is needed. Literally, damage is needed. Those three words, and then you know, slide in the right. We're going back two years and start scoring fights the way we used to score it. No one would have to know, no, <laughs> but everyone would know because fights would immediately start being scored better. And like, it's it's the most simple fix. It really is. And I, th- I think they should do it. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I agree. I, I basically, I think we're in the process of having the conversations we've had, we more or less offered a lot of solutions. And and a lot of them were, I think, realistic. Some of them we're talking about are a little, little more out there, right? Do you guys have any ideas for more long shot changes that you'd like to see. I and in fact I I'm going to I'm going to take the floor for a second. I'm going to lead off. And again, this is a long shot, but I do think it realistically ought to be considered is the fact that I think we need to expand the definitions of eights and sevens more in line to what we talk about on we haven't done this as much in the last year or last couple of years really, but uh our couchside judges criteria where we only where we kind of take our, our, an old fight and We'll adjust it so that, you know, a traditional eight, we would just score as a seven. And then we would look at some rounds that are maybe that quote unquote 10, eight and a half. We'll actually call that a 10, eight. I would love to see it if we got to that point where let's say 10, seven is given out as often as the 10, eight is right now. But then we've also got room for rounds that no one would debate which way that round would go. Like everyone would sit there and say, well, that's obviously a nine rounds like that ought to be an eight. And, you know, we have to get there with certain wording of the criteria. I think that would probably mean something along the lines of two Ds. And maybe that could be no damage is necessary. You can still get that middle score. How do you feel about that, Sean? Because you're an outsider on this one. I want to know how you think. Yeah, like, I don't need, I don't think we need it, right? And when I I was looking for, you know, an answer to this question, like what you're kind of saying there is basically a small change, but maybe written a bit bigger. You know, it's the, the the small change we talked about would nearly do exactly what the bigger change or the bigger written change would would also achieve. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I really like I have some wild things, but I I they wouldn't fit under the would this be applicable for every fight? Like here's one of the wild ones. I'll throw it out. This is wild. I don't. Oh, yeah. Like, what do you got? What do you got? So like here's a and I don't. I I wish I'm not saying this, but I'm gonna say it. At the end of like a five round title fight, if it's a split decision. Imagine the three judges come together. They have a bit of a conflab and they goes like, who won that fight? Not not necessarily as a whole, but if you were to score this championship fight as, as like, 
maybe as a whole. Let, let's put it as a whole. But who do you think the winner was? Who won that fight? Who who did it feel like did better over the course of twenty five minutes? Yes, I, and like the split goes that way. But that's a very difficult thing, right? Because yeah, <laughs> if, if, if you, let, let's say it's Grasso or Shevchenko, and they decide after that, oh Shevchenko. But Grasso got two of the three judges' cards. That's very tough on Grasso. So, like, it's not a solution that would work. But I almost feel like, right, if you were to if you were to get the right winner, I feel like that's a solution that could work. But and that was a draw, so that was a bad example. But you know what I mean. I I, I think I do understand what you meant. What are you thinking, Dan? What are you? Yeah, you I would. I, like I, I kind of like that idea. And then, but the, the problem is, you know, you always hear it from other people. Oh, you got to beat the champ to be the champ. And I think that might rain a little bit. Yeah, through. that's exactly what my so, idea is. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like so, BJ Penn uh, should have beat uh, Frankie in the first one. If they did that, yeah. um, we're going all the way back. We're going way back on that one. More of the long shot changes I'd like to see. We covered. I think. I think we just strike aggressiveness and and fight air area control. Uh, from the, just get rid of it or put it somewhere else where it's you know in its own corner. I feel like yeah, that definitely qualifies as more of a long shot change. I feel like it shouldn't. But I do feel like it is actually more of a long shot that they would actually sit there and say, yes, we're going to get rid of that. Because I think there's there's a little too much marriage to the idea of, well, what do we do with amateurs that don't do that much? And it's like, honestly, it's such a low percentage. It's not that necessary. But I, I do like I think the middle ground is what Sean has has uh, posited yeah. that we can kind of put it somewhere else under maybe incomplete rounds. Like I, I was saying, I think that might yeah. be like a good good heading for it. Right. It wouldn't go away because you need that. Like like Sean said it's it's designed to be to cover everything that possibly could happen in this crazy crazy sport where a lot of crazy things that we haven't even seen happen yet are going to happen 100% um i guess really what i would love for them to do too and i like the 107 i'm, I'm going to preface this by saying i like that there's a 107 i actually want to expand the 107 as i just said but if they're not going to make the 107 achievable, if they're not interested in doing it in such a way that makes a 107 be something that realistically happens, just get rid of the thing. What's the point? What's the point? I we, we're talking about a score that's never been given out unanimously or even majority for any round that anyone has ever heard of. So what is its use? It, it's used basically as bad refereeing, isn't it? <laughs> you know, almost in a sense. But I, I think they did. They sort of wanted to get that language out of there for that because they, I think there was the the lack of indictment of the actual official for it. But you know, talking about ten sevens, one of the things that I think this came actually from when we were talking about ten sevens at the ABC course, and I can't remember which official had said it, but there was a quote that they were talking about with regard to giving out a seven, and. It was, I can't even remember which round it was to be perfect. You know what? It was actually, it was round four of Holloway and Ortega. I can tell you that. It was not an official who scored that fight, but it was a quote that I I have written down. And it is, I don't know what you scored that round, but my stomach turned. And I think you need to find a way to get that idea in there as that's kind of what we're looking for for a seven. I don't even know if you need to have overwhelming dominance and overwhelming duration to get to the seven if your damage has reached such a high level that really ought to be enough but that's not what the criteria as written kind of allows for so i i, I would say that should change and i think that is more of an achievable change i, I agree want, do you want it though or do you like do you want a 10-7 to uh, mirror a 10-8 more than it does a current 10-7 i don't know that it needs to mirror, mirror the 10-8 i mean it should work off of the d's right i think we're still looking for damage dominance and duration but really I don't even know if we need dominance and duration for that particular one. 
I think damage is enough. If we have an overwhelming amount of damage, and I think I'll give you an example that just happened, and you didn't see it, Sean. I think you said you hadn't watched the most recent uh, UFC, if I understand right. Watson was it? I've heard about it. Though. Is that the one with with, uh, with Waterson Gomez and and uh, Rodriguez? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, round one of that fight, unanimous 10-8. The damage is uncomfortable, but it doesn't really start for about two minutes into the round there's almost you could actually give the first two minutes of that round probably and almost definitely to waterson gomez by like a narrow margin because not much has happened yet and from that point on it is almost disturbing how long that fight goes and how much damage she takes and how much she is moving away from the situation and not fighting back and not looking like she is in this fight um waterson gomez because rodriguez is, is just destroying her now kudos to um Carrie Hatley, because I don't know that you needed to actually stop that round. I actually think it kind of was okay. It's almost like Holloway and Ortega. There's not necessarily one point where you said it's got to stop, but you're watching it and you're like, this is kind of ugly. This is really ugly. And when it gets to that point, it ought to be a seven. And I think you don't need overwhelming dominance to have lasted for five minutes and duration to be for five minutes. I think you just, you got there. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to use that same example. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know we do the ten the ten seven watch when there's unanimous ten eight, and by the book we both agree no this is a ten eight. But I would like a round like this to be a ten seven. It was so much damage, and like you said, it probably didn't have to stop it. But it's also on the other hand, it's like Waterson is completely done. That she's not winning this fight or ever winning this fight. So Dan, you know I. I actually want to keep the floor with you, though, because I do want to get back to the idea of kind of some of our more wild ideas. We, we, what we were just talking about, I think, is actually very achievable and very realistic if we wanted to go that way. Maybe it's more of a long shot. I don't know. But I want to hear your wild idea. We already you know, had Sean's. What's yours? Uh, I don't really have wild ideas when it comes to the criteria. I have ideas more more as a whole of, of where I want MMA to go. I, I, I think there should be this is that the, the fighter down or is not the fighter down. It shouldn't matter. You just you get front headlocked and you're on all fours. I'm gonna blast you in the, in the face with a knee. That's what I want to get. That. I want to stop playing these games. I want five round fights to have an overtime round, so we avoid what we had a couple weeks ago. You don't want this dissatisfying uh, title fights. Yeah, it, it, it. There's no reason why a meaningless tough finale gets one, but but a five round title fight that can change someone's paycheck by a large amount. Forget their know. paycheck. It's like so, kind of their life and it, their life in, in turn, basically. Yeah. So nothing really, because I couldn't really think of anything criteria wise what, that would be so crazy. Oh, well, then let me take the floor. Okay. I've got something. Blow up the 10 point must entirely and replace it with an up to five point scale where each fighter gets anywhere from zero to five based on their effectiveness. Could be a zero zero round for like rounds where nothing is happening. Could be a five five round for those crazy wars that we've seen or anywhere in between. I think that would be an interesting way to do it because then you would actually from fight to fight, you'd have each round scored and you could say, okay, well, this person only averages one to two points in their rounds or like this one gets to three, four or five or that kind of thing. I think it'd be an interesting way to kind of start to reveal fight to fight, like how effective a fighter actually is in trying to get the action going. Sport so books, I like that. Sport books would go wild with that. They'd have spreads. This guy's yep. fi favored by four and a half. Like... Gaethje is the over under would be like a four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I think every wild. round that he does. So like I said, this is we're at the wild ideas, my friend. This is this is not something I would ever see happening. We're not seeing this in my lifetime. We're not seeing this in my children's or their grand, you know, their grandchildren's lifetime. But I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Am I crazy? What do you think, Sean? Yeah, you're definitely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some people who want to do like a 25 point must system where they have like 
five different areas and then you scored from one to five in each of the five different areas and that then you get it could work it could no, probably not um i on the overall things there's there's two things right what dan said about the the down opponents now right i would go either exactly what you said let all kicks be allowed on the ground or disqualify everyone who kicks someone on the ground i don't know if you saw the peter Quilly fight last week he got kicked on the ground he's eye nearly blew up and it was a no contest and i'm thinking like when is that going to be a dq the guy threw a kick he was on the ground kicked him in the fucking face and his eye blew up that's not a disqualification i'm like what? and i understand why it's not a disqualification because maybe he tried to kick him in the shoulder or disqualify everyone i i want more disqualifications as well or just allow it right I, I, it just happened I, last I, night. I favor that way. The, the allow it all. <laughs> it just happened on a contender series last night. Third round of a, he- a terrible heavyweight fight. One guy has his hand down. They say it's weight bearing. You know, it's up in air if it really was or not. Gets blasted with a, with a knee. Can't continue. And they rule DQ. I like that we have somehow oh, managed to uh, to make MMA into the NFL where every week we're arguing about, is it a catch? Or or every week, hey, is, is that hand weight bearing or not? Like. Oh. I have a solution. I have a solution for one of those problems. What do you have? I, uh, and I, I think this could be implemented tomorrow and they should do it. Every time someone grabs the cage, give them a position. So it's either uh, on top, in guard, standing, or an over-under against the cage. Every single time, right? So we never have to talk again about, oh, should be a point taken. No, you can still take a point. And maybe we should have a rule that if you grab the cage three times, then a point is taken. Or if it's an egregious grab, like now, you can still take a point. But I... The, oh, do you know the people always say, oh, the, the first warning is in the back. So you one little bit of, they touch the fence. Oh, take a point. I hate, I hate that. Shit. I hate it. So I think we need a, I need, need a solution for that. I think that's an easy solution for that. The grind strikes are a little bit different. I would like to use that solution also for the grind strikes, but it is very different. Um, And it'll, you know, the, the issues with these as well are latent fights and people will do things you know, to to get a position or, you know, things can happen. There are issues with all of these things, but I, I really like that one because I, I hate, do you know, I don't know if you watch much of one championship, right? Sometimes. The fight, the fight is not on the 10 by month system. It's scored as yeah. a whole. So there's, you can't take points. So there's, and they're kind of like, we, I, I've asked them recently, what you do? And they're like, oh, you know, we'll take away 5% of repair. I don't know. We'll do something. And they're <laughs> no, and it's brilliant. It's way better. Just get rid of the taking away points. No more taking away points. Boom. That that's that's my wild solution. But not a, a, realistically though, the the uh, cage grabbing one. I think that'll work perfectly. I think a lot of people would prefer taking a position rather than a point point deduction. Give me the position. That's what I wanted anyway. I'm in favor of anything that lessens the number of of harsh warnings and just gets to any sort of punitive measures it doesn't need to be a point taken every time but like yeah the idea of giving a position as a punishment i'm okay with that you know i i think we do need to get away from so many warnings and and it, it's ridiculous because like we say the first warning is in the back but sometimes we see two three warnings before they take a point in the cage anyway so how many warnings is that it's actually four it's ridiculous and, and, and i definitely want to but i but to steer it back i think before we can kind of wrap it up here but a bit if does anybody have anything speak now or forever hold your peace as far as we'd like to improve uh the criteria be it you know big small realistic crazy in conclusion 
10 hits, get rid of two and three in the tertiary criteria. Uh, and that would be a good start to find the damage in the 10 hits, I suppose, and move back. But also, right, and I'm sure you've talked about this many times. Move the judges to a place in Nevada where they can see the fucking fights and don't have oh, yeah. them in, don't have them in front of those big things. I saw at Bellator the weekend, I believe. I I don't think they had monitors. Give the judges monitors at all of these fights. Um, flying judges have the. Uh, we were here in Ireland uh, at the weekend. Saldamado was there. Uh, Dave Peabody was there. Brian Minor, fantastic judge, was there. Jordan Vallel was there, and a few more as well. And we've seen David Letterby, I think, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't see the fights, but I believe he was in... Yeah, Letterby was in Vegas, yeah. Yeah, and Ben Cartledge, obviously, have been brought out to Vegas as well. A guy like Darren Ransom, I'd love to see him brought out as well. I know he's done fights out in the... Um, uh, out in Fight Island where, when, it, when it was there, and, and I think so. I think those are also very easy solutions that they kind of already have done, the, the bringing the judges and the flying them out. But I think moving the, the judges to give them a better view of the fight move the cameraman or Bruce Buffer, whoever it might be, out of the way. And uh, that's automatically going to get you less mistakes. I mean, maybe we won't see a whole lot of different scored rounds or anything like that, but we'll, it, it just takes away something bad happening, you know? Sure. That, that just sparked an idea for me that's never going to happen. What you got? That I think would be great, actually. As we know, judges can't speak publicly. Give each, we got the rough, we got the ref cam, give each judge his judging cam, release his, perspective of the round his or her his or her yeah video <laughs> of that. of what he saw what their perspective was and i bet that helps you don't have, you don't have to say a word you don't have to say nothing here's what this judge saw from his exact perspective sure and, and then, then you'd that'll help you start to have everybody saying oh maybe maybe sal damato was checking his phone <laughs> and no. and as as sean was saying there's eight panels at a ufc event there's five that need it the three judges the two corners and I guess a six panels in the, in the the broadcast team. Broadcast definitely. So there's no reason why those two panels should be occupied that have doors should be occupied by a judge. Amen. I, I, I'm with you there. I don't really have anything to add. Uh, I think we I think we've covered a lot of bases. I think we covered a lot of ground. I think we solved you know probably the entire thing. I think we we fixed judging entirely. Congratulations, guys. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah, we did. <laughs> now, hey, it's an ongoing conversation. Hopefully, we added some interesting uh, elements to that. Uh, before we kind of close out, well, you know, as we tend to, we, we look ahead to the next, uh, events, especially the major events, uh, that are coming up and we've got another dual UFC and Bellator Saturday coming up with Saturday, uh, evening, like early evening, uh, or whatever that is for you, uh, at ungodly hour it is in, in, in Ireland. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the middle of the night for Sean, but, uh, but yeah, so it's UFC Vegas 79, Starts at 7 p.m. Eastern time with the headliner of Grant Dawson against Bobby Green at uh, 155 pounds. You guys like this fight? Is this like an attractive one for you? Or like the whole card is kind of filler, but has good fights. Like they needed to throw a card together, but they got some interesting matchups on there. It's kind of I actually don't hate this card. I I, I, there, I found more and more fights as I was looking at it. I was like, oh, I kind of like that one. Why is it down there? <laughs> well, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't jump off the page. Like, but then you then you start diving into it, and it's like. Oh, this, this has some, you know, decent chance to be pretty good here. You like this one, Sean? I don't mind it too much. I think what the UFC have done recently, very recently, in fact, is they've, they've really tried to make just fun fights, even if they don't make that much sense. Even, you know, it's not Joe Silva matchmaking. They've been trying to do that. Uh, someone asked me in my Q&A the other day, is this the worst card of the year, right? And I gave a bit of a Dana White answer in that there are so many cards right now on this level 
right, let's say there's 50 cards in the year, 12 of them are um are pay-per-views, and let's say another, I don't know, eight of them are like big cards. So we have 30, and we, we got it, we got a 20. We got a 20. There's 20 okay fight night cards throughout the year. You almost have to do what Dana White says and watch them and judge them afterwards. Because like they're all the exact same. So like, is this worse than that? Oh, let's watch it and we'll decide afterwards. So I feel like this falls into another one. Like, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I didn't see the fights last weekend because I was uh, at Bellator and then traveling home. Did I really miss out on anything? You know, I know there was an injury. If Maybe if there wasn't an injury in the main event, I would have missed out on a little bit more because that was an important fight and all. But like, if you didn't watch this, are you missing out on much? Like Grant Dawson will probably win and probably move from number 14 to number 13 or maybe not move at all or wherever he is. Uh, and you won't miss much. But, Maybe it's a great fight night and there's loads of knockouts and you're thinking, oh, I, really, I did miss a lot. And then Sunday morning, you can go back and watch it. The Bellator card on the other side is brilliant. So you would be missing a lot if you missed that. Although maybe none of them will be champions by the time two weeks time comes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation as far as what happens with Bellator. Uh, before we shift completely over to the Bellator 300, which I 100% is definitely the better card. It's, it's inarguable. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I, there's some fights here I like. I, I I don't know why Chris Gutierrez, Montel Jackson is buried on the on the prelims here. I know we, you know, that, that argument about like, why is it on the prelims? Why is it not? It gets old. But sometimes you have a fighter that's like, well, he's been on pay-per-view recently. Why are you putting him on the prelims of a, of a fight night on, in Vegas, you know, which really isn't trying to draw too many eyes. I, I just don't understand why they don't feature some of their talent in more prominent spots. They're obviously featuring Joe Pfeiffer. I, I know he's a favorite of you, Dan, um, against Abdul Razaka Hassan. Do you like that fight, Dan, as a, as a Pfeiffer guy? Yeah, more, more so just because I want to see what Joe Pfeiffer can do. I kind of, I kind of agree with Sean. Like they, they've just been trying to make exciting fights regardless. I think recently in the past two months, we had, Fight Matrix ranked number 550 versus 820 or something. And I'm like, why does that fight have to happen in the UFC? Like, we're just, they're just sucking up all this talent for, you know, really no reason other than to fill all their obligations to ESPN. Sure. So, yeah, if they're going to do it, yeah, let it be fun. I, I think, I think that's fair. Um, I do like to highlight Sean uh, at the end of these. We always highlight a, a fight that we think we're more likely going to talk about next week for our contested rounds. And, uh, well, I didn't think anything made more sense than Kanaka Murata against Vanessa Demopoulos at 115 pounds. Um, disagree. <laughs> Never heard of him. Congratulations. There you that. go. <laughs> I think we could have a 10 8 in the Grand Dawson Bobby Green. There's my prediction. Oh, okay. I like that. I, I I would be happy to talk about that, and I hope uh, I wish well to the eight. Bill Algio is <laughs> getting a ten eight. That's what's going to happen. Bill Algio against Algio Hernandez. Hernandez. There'll be an eight in that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, let's shift over to Bellator because again, that is the better card. That starts uh, main card at ten p.m. Eastern time. It's in San Diego, so we're gonna. Have, by the way, this being in California and Nevada at the same, roughly the same time. We're going to have some judges that are someplace oh. and not the other place. Oh. So it'll be just like a few weeks ago where they're split. Sean, like like you said, I don't know if you knew, Chris Lieben made his Nevada. I'm sure you did know. He made his yeah. Nevada. That was probably one of the most interesting things to, to see for that card. Yeah. So And I think it, it, it's a little bit like this one as well because, okay, there wasn't a California-Nevada, but a lot of the 
judge and crew were in Ireland. So it, I, I, like that helped. You know, if Sal Damata was there, maybe Chris Lieben wouldn't have got uh, his goal. So, you know, congratulations to, mm-hmm. to Chris Lieben. He, he deserves it. He's, and like, you know, people say, people are probably after this, like, uh, oh, fighters are judging. It's way better. How long has Chris Lieben been judging and refereeing for years and years and years? Mm-hmm. So this isn't a guy who just decided to become a judge or a ref one day. He put years of work into it to get mm-hmm. to where he has gotten to. And he, he very much deserves it. It probably is, relatively speaking, even his experience as an official is still probably lesser than we often see before officials do get to Nevada, which is it's considered a prestigious uh, appointment, a prestigious place to get licensed. Um, But he does have a a wealth of fight experience that I can only imagine at least had had to weigh a part into it because he knows what a fight looks like. We no one will question that Chris Lieben knows what a fight looks like, but that he's also officiated a fight for a long enough time that we say, okay. We can give them that shot. It does make sense, 100%. Um, but there's four title fights at, at uh, Bellator 300. Usman Nurmagomedov, Brent Primus. That's also a light uh, lightweight Grand Prix semifinal. Chris uh, Chris Cyborg, Katsingano, 145 title. Ryan Bader, Linton Vassal at heavyweight. Hopefully that goes one round. Uh, and then Liz Carmouchin, Elimelay McFarlane at 125. Um, I'm again, glad it's not in Hawaii. Yeah, that's we true. We won't have a 40-minute uh, entrance. No, no, it'll be a little shorter. Um Sean, you already alluded to it. The fact that wonder what the stakes are for this being a Bellator event when we don't really know how much longer Bellator as a as an entity in and of itself is actually going to be around. But I mean, these are at least great fights, I think, in, in some cases. Right. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think it's still very important because let's say Bellator falls on Monday morning, you have a better chance of being the Bellator lightweight champion and getting a big deal from the UFC or PFL than if you just lost the fight, you know? So it's still big. And Johnny Eblen, uh, you know, I interviewed him at the weekend. I was like, what's the future for you? And he's like, it doesn't really matter to me. I'll be fighting somewhere in big fights. So it, And he said that after he won. So I think it is big for all of them. It's very interesting. Like, I think, Usman Armagomedov is he's one of the best lightweights in the world. He's one of the best. You can nearly still call him a prospect because he's kind of still up and coming. Um, I, I always tune in for a Chris Cyborg fight. Massive Chris Cyborg fan like her and Amanda Nunes is my favorite fight of all time. I love that fight so much. And I'm gra- glad that Zingano's getting the opportunity. Um, I'm glad that Liam Lee's getting the opportunity as well. And I see, you know, Liam McCourt and, and uh, Sarah McMahon down here as well. Obviously a bit of Irish bias, but um, yeah. I threw that on there for you. <laughs> yeah, big opportunity for uh for Leah as well because if she wins that beats Aaron McMahon with Sinead Kavanaugh just after losing I think uh, she could be the, the new number one contender and maybe we could see Chris Arborg fighting for a title in Ireland that could be and but but for who we don't know <laughs> <laughs> to be determined we will we will see we will see but, but you're right I mean there's stakes here of course didn't Johnny Eblen say he he was not a fan of going to PFL because he'd fight once a year and he doesn't want to do that. He wants to fight often because they have they have no 185 there. I don't they're, think anyone's going to know what the new world order uh, looks like yet. No, they're going to have to change things if that happens. Like you can't run all tournaments if you've that many fighters. I, I think you're going to have to like just keep Bellator going. Do some people in the tournaments and some people fighting in an armor promotion. But yeah, I don't know. There's this could turn into a a whole other debate. But at the same time, one last sentence on it. I think what Dana White said about it. Not to be hating or anything, but one 
company who loses money hand over fist is buying another company who loses money hand over fist yeah i'm sure that's gonna go well so yeah not <laughs> not great not, it, yeah <laughs> i think that's well said uh you know i think we can probably wrap up here but before we do sean i want to give you the chance to to plug your content all the stuff uh with everyone you work with uh thank you yeah i have the sheehan show over on sherdog.com that comes out three times a week uh i usually have interviews I do previews for all the Bellator One Championship Cage Warriors cards, and I have a betting show as well, which is usually out every uh, Thursday. So three shows on Sherlock and in Severe May, the Severe May podcast every Sunday. Although it was Monday last week, but um, yeah, we haven't missed a week in 435 weeks. So if you uh, if you want to podcast every week, there are the Severe May podcast for you. We also have Patreon patreon.com forward slash severe my podcast which we have uh, a q a every week so if you want to ask about judging or anything like that you can ask there and we have loads of other podcasts there as well and last thing the severe my youtube we have loads of podcasts there um all the time loads of interviews i actually interviewed paul hughes just before i dro- dropped on here so i think it'll be out before this is out because we're putting out first thing in the morning so uh paul hughes fighting uh for cage warriors again unfortunately but he details about uh the UFC and how uh, the negotiations went and everything there. So yeah, all of that is really fine. And Sean Sheen, BA on Twitter. You'll find everything there. I would like to see Sean be a little more busy. He's kind of lazy. <laughs> it just doesn't wanna, do much. The, the old seven podcasts a week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's the, uh, he's a recent, he's not a recent, he's a, a recurring guest with Anik and Florian. That as he is. Well. Indeed, yeah. Should have your own, your own corner there. Yeah, Shawnee's judging corners. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the last time I was done, it was I think it was was it the day before? Or it was a week before the Shevchenko fight, and John Anik was like, "Oh, I haven't had you on the oil." I was like, "Oh, there's been no judging controversies, not in his fucking four days later, the whole world blows up." So yeah, I won't be making that mistake again. <laughs> All right, that does it. We'll be back again with a normal show uh, next week where we're actually breaking down all these rounds. Thanks again to Sean for joining us on this uh, Criteria Talk. Really appreciate Sean's presence as always. And uh, we'll have to do it again sometime, but uh, stick to, you know, stick to the criteria. Maybe learn some uh, some ways we can, we can change from here. And uh, we'll talk to you in the future. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening.